0: For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Ken Laban joins us now uh, to uh, t- to talk some Moana Pacific and some blues as well. G'day, Ken. How you doing?
1: Yeah, very good. Thanks.
0: Mate, uh, no, we were just talking there about you know where the Blues got the better of Moana last night, and you know it was those those driving walls. Kurt Eklund with a hat trick, uh, twelve tries in twenty nine games he's now got, which is a better strike than than either of the starting wingers, Mark Talia or Caleb Clark, and uh, he got there one hundred and thirty five games faster than Kevin Mialamu as well to that try total. So uh, it says a lot, doesn't it, about how much the driving wall has come into the Blues play.
1: Yes, exactly, mate. And with regard to as well, there's also the unseen influence of um, Clayton McMillan, who uh, promoted him, you know, into the Bay of Plenty squad, and um, it was his his performances during the during the NPC that where he got recognised in that opportunity to play for um, <clears throat> for Auckland. We've always known that he's been strong and athletic, and all he needed to be was in the right environment with decent players around him. And um, you know, I'm not surprised. You know, those of us that have been around NPC rugby for a few seasons, have seen how good he is prior to coming into um, to super rugby. So you know, I'm not surprised at all that he's going well. He's hit the ground running. And as I say, when you're as skillful and athletic as he is, um, you know, you add that to his prowess as a scrummer and his ability to try accurately at line-out time, and you've got somebody that's approaching the full packet. So, you know, good on Kurt. Uh, it has been a long apprenticeship for him, but um, he's really showing us all that he's, he deserves this, the opportunity getting in super rugby.
2: Hey, Kenny, thanks for joining us, buddy. Good to hear your voice. Um, look, I wanted to ask you—you're you're very proud, um Samoan and you love your uh, Pacifica rugby. What, what, what have you made of the introduction to Moana Pacifica into the comp? Have, has it been what you thought it would be for them? Well, especially, actually, they've done better than I thought they would. Um,
1: I don't—I mm. don't want to be disrespectful. But uh, I didn't think that they were dealt a fair hand when it came to negotiating and access to players. So they were in effect left um, with players, you could say unwanted, by the five New Zealand-based franchises. So I thought that their wins and their success would probably come when they played the Australian side. The fact that they got their first wins, their first win, three wins into the competition, um, surprised me. The manner of that win as well. Um, were showing plenty ticker, plenty of ticker in the end. Um, but I think they've punched well above their weight. You know, for a team to come in with um, as inexperienced as that to compete at the level of, you know, bearing in mind this is a competition that's got, you know, more Barrett, um, Whitelocks, you know, classy, experienced players at the top end um, of our game, I would have thought it would be a tough ask for them Um, to put in incredible performances. But, you know, other than getting touched up once or twice, um, they've given a very good account of themselves. Um, How how that washes up, Marshy, in the greater scheme of things, um, I don't know. How long is is their support base going to put up with um, minimum number of wins? Um, At what point are they going to challenge for a place in the playoffs? Um, And at what point are they going to replicate the success that we've seen from a number of other teams? Um, in the competition in recent years. So, you know, those questions still remain. Um, and obviously how things unfold in the next couple of years or so will depend on um, on how good they're going to go.
2: So so what would you do, Kenny? Well, what, what would you do to, to, to maintain the balance of... Because I'm sure Pacifica Rugby wants to develop and make sure that a lot of that development isn't in the UK and Europe, which is where a lot of those players get poached to immediately. So how, how do you get that balance between the development, the success, uh, and, and and the competitiveness? Um, how would you allow that to happen um, so that, that they get a, a, an equal playing field to everyone else? Yes, well, firstly, mate, that's the dilemma, isn't it? So when you say... Um,
1: we want the Pacifica to be successful. Um, what is your definition of being successful? If you and I were running the, the team, mate, our definition of successful mm-hmm. is win the competition, do it as soon as possible yeah. and as often as possible. You're not going to do that without a ball layer. So scrum time, line-out time, pick-off uh, time, you have to be able to compete in all the major areas against the top sides. And if you want to be the best team, you need the best players. So, you know, at the moment, there are barriers in place that prevent that. Um, from happening. You know, the classic cases. you know, um, All Blacks are sitting on the bench at Super Rugby. Is it the best for the game? Is it the best for that franchise? And is it the best for the development of those individual players to be sitting on the bench getting 10 minutes here and 15 minutes here? Or might they be better to be released to minor Pacifica, start get decent game time, make minor Pacifica more Pasifika um, more competitive, and should a Pacifica, Pacifica allowed? Should they be allowed to have access to the elite players in the game? Um, well, so, to me. So, that's so what that's
2: what fear but, is. So, like, do you reckon, like in a like in a loan capacity at the start of the season? And, and if say those players were needed back by the Crusaders or the Hurricanes, then they could bring them back. But in the in the short term, those players could be loaned out to, to get to get time on the field.
1: Well, mate, nobody had loaned the Melbourne Storm players and nobody had loaned the Brisbane Broncos uh, when they came into the competition, um, mm. players as well. They came in on an even playing field. That was the same with yeah. the New Zealand breakers in, um, in the basketball. So, you know, that's what I say, you know, when I was said to you before, mate, well, what is your definition of success? Um, mm. Is your definition just to make up with whatever players and do the best that you can and good luck and no one expects you to win? Well, what kind of culture is that? um yeah. in a competitive professional environment. You know, my view is that if you're gonna let them be in the competition as they are now, give them a fair shake. Let them have access to Sam Whitelock. Let them have access to Sam Kane. Then you're talking then you're talking serious because of course, you know, you start talking like that, people are gonna get all wrinkled and over. It. But that's <laughs> my definition of success. That's my definition of success is access to the best players so you can compete hard.
0: Yeah, I mean, that would uh, spread the, t- the talent as well and probably uh, bring on New Zealand talent as well as, you know, island talent, Ken, uh, you'd have to think. And on that, uh, just slightly adjacent conversation, but uh, talking to Jeff Wilson earlier in the season, we were talking about how successful Geordie Barrett had been at, as a 15 and how much he had cemented himself as the All Black 15, you know, he was head and shoulders above anybody else as a 15 last season. Uh, Jeff put a lot of that down to the fact that he wasn't getting chopped and changed and moved around, he was just getting to play 15 all all the time for the Canes and whoever else. Uh, today, of course, uh, they, they run out against the Chiefs at about 3.30 at the Caketon, and he's, uh, he's going to be wearing the 12 on his back. What do you make of that from a Canes point of view?
1: Yeah, well, when I first saw Geordie he was a 12. In the 2016 Jock Hobbs uh, tournament and in the final, which was played in, um, um, in Galpo, he was the, he was the 12, um, Jordy. And he ended up at... Um, Four as we all know he's six foot five and just under a hundred um, kilos and can kick the ball, can return the ball as a great defender. Um, he's tough and he's and he's fantastic in the air. So he ticks all of the all the right boxes to be a classic world um, class forward, but he's always wanted to play twelve. Um, hasn't been able to get much game time there at all at provincial level. And um interesting from the Canes talking about the number twelve jersey. Geordie is the fifth different number twelve they have started with in the first five weeks of the competition. Yeah. Um, so it's been a position they haven't found any answers for. I would suggest um, so far, and Geordie wants to play there, and he's going to get a crack today. And I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how he goes in that position.
0: It's an interesting one, isn't it, Marshy? Because uh, you know, if you were naming the All Blacks team tomorrow, um, he'd be a shoe in at fifteen. But if he wants to be twelve, I don't think he makes the squad.
2: Yeah. And and you, you've got to wonder whether or not he is a shillin because there's a lot of drums beating that, you know, Will Jordan's playing some pretty good rugby in that jersey as well. But I think they the All Blacks probably recognise that that is where they can utilise Jordy the, the, the best. And I think it's kind of off the back of what Ken was saying, that, you know, he ticks all the right boxes for them there. And they they can tick a better box by putting Jordan on the wing um, than putting Jordy on the wing. So... I think that's what what works for them. It's really interesting. Also, I'd like to get your take, given that that game is this afternoon, Ken on. There's a lot. There's been a lot of chat about your old mate um, TJ Perenata, um and, and his return into New Zealand rugby and into the All Blacks last year, um, and he, he got his first start last weekend. Um, ha- how do you see his season unfolding? Do you still think he's got the potential to get back to his career best form and, and you know, challenging Aaron Smith with the All Blacks?
1: Well, I hope so. Um,
2: I saw a lot of his game. well, I commentated a few of his
1: games out of Japan um, last year. I know it's a lesser environment uh, for him, but with that, with that extra freedom um, to be able to, to do things, we really saw consistently from him the, um, the full array of skills at number nine, we haven't yet um, seen that coming back into the more intense environment here. In, uh, in New Zealand and Super Rugby. But um, I hope today's an important game for him. Uh, Marshy, as you quite rightly point out, um, there have been some that um, have been losing favour a little bit um, with him. But, you know, there's no question that, that one-two combination of Aaron Smith and TJ Nutter, when they're on form um, is
2: world-class. Yep, totally agree. What, what have you made of the, the competition? You know, we're six rounds in. Uh, at this stage, um, and obviously, there's a pretty healthy ladder developing. You know, the Australia there was a pretty good clash last night. The Reds and the Brumbies battling it out. More controversy in that game, which seems to be quite regular. But obviously, it's reasonably tight and congested at the top. Uh, the Chiefs, mate, they've come out of the out of the gate like a thunderbolt. Um, who's impressed you, like individually and, and um, collectively as a team, so far in this comp? You yeah. all. Well, firstly, to answer your question about
1: the comp, my genuine answer, mate, is I don't know and I'm not sure. And the reason I make that observation is I'm tending now to look at Super Rugby in the context of what happened on the end-of-season tour last year and uh, what Ireland and France did um, to the All Blacks. And bearing in mind that Super Rugby teams have won eight of the nine World Cups and we've always known that we've been able to outlast them in the last 20 minutes of um, yep. of the tests and that our super rugby competition was the big advantage um, for us and that because it was faster and um, and more intense, we were able to run away from the northern hemisphere sides. What we've seen in the last couple of seasons is, um, is you know, I guess the empire striking back in some ways. So oh, I tend to yeah. look at the <laughs> opening six or seven rounds of super rugby and I'm saying to myself, is this the quality of rugby that's going to get us back against Ireland and get us back against France, and put them in their place. And I'm not sure I know the answer um, to that, you know. And as you know, having watched and commentated the games uh, closely, the way that those Northern Hemisphere big boys carry the ball, the way they try to keep the ball alive in traffic, um, how damaging yeah. they are physically. And then I, you know, I can reflect all the time about, you know, Coles' very candid interview. Um, post that tour about um, how we got our muscled and we need to harden up and um, do some damage, blah, blah, blah. I'm not sure that I'm seeing that in this um, in this super rugby uh, competition and I'm not sure if the way that we are playing is going to allow us to get that dominance back that we're used to seeing. Ken, thanks Sorry, for... Sorry, it's a long-winded answer.
0: <laughs> no, no, you're good, mate. You're it's good. It's a good answer, though. It's a great answer. It's <laughs> a great agree. answer, mate. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, Ken, thanks very much for coming on and giving us some time today. Really appreciate it. I, I know you'll be uh, headed along to the Caketon to watch your Canes play uh, the Chiefs this afternoon, mate, so enjoy that, and we'll catch up with you again soon, eh?
1: Mate, only
0: my cane if they wouldn't. I'm calling it. Thanks for the yeah. pleasure. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Cheers. Uh, Ken labor with us here on uh, the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. At Bunnings Trade, we're here to make your job easier because helping business is our trade. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.